0: Hello and welcome to the Simply podcast. I'm Patrick, Head of Content at Simply.
1: And I'm Aish, Content Executive. So, who are we interviewing today, Patrick?
0: Today, we're joined by Laura Sutherland, Founder and Director of Aura. Laura works with businesses to dissect organisational communication and rebuild it with people, purpose, and values at the core. She has over 20 years of experience working across internal and external public relations and communications.
1: Let's get started then. Laura, welcome to the Simply podcast. Um, So could you start by telling us a little bit about what you do as uh, the founder and director
2: of Aura, please? Yeah, um, I started Aura 14 years ago nearly um, and uh, being a sole consultant I do everything. <laughs> so everything from um you know client work to new business to finance to promotion um all of the above. Um but I think the most important thing that I do is uh is that I keep pushing forward for what I believe is the right way to do public relations and communication ethically um and also my new focus um which I, I, I relaunched the business two months ago on World Environment Day to have um, a laser focus on sustainability and to help businesses and organizations accelerate to a more sustainable future. Um, and that is my, um, my mission. Um, I think it's, it's doing good business that way. And I think that um, what I'm working on is really going to add and benefit to people and the planet. Um, and hopefully in turn the bottom line to to organizations. Um, I think we all know now that uh, doing good business is actually better for the business on the bottom line and um, it does demonstrate that. So yeah, um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean sustainability people usually think of the e in it, esg but looking at um your offering you, you're kind of looking at the whole kiss and caboodle to so the s yes and the g as well um but uh, as a baseline question uh, how would you say how, how do you start communicating in a sustainable way um you know how, how do you when you've had decades of what of of, of churning out uh, misinformation or or or, or look, look what looking the other way type communications how, how do you start uh, especially in those kind of organisations, how do you start changing that culture?
2: Yeah, so I suppose that would be a question for you know if a client asked me that um, you know if they if they're suddenly faced with you know we we have this new direction and we're now going to be a more sustainable business we will do good and we will stop greenwashing, um, I think there's there's a couple of things there's sustainably communicating and there's communicating sustainability so they are two different things. If we're talking about communicating in a sustainable way, then um, that's more the tactical element of delivering the communication. Um, and, you know, the, I suppose the one thing that people really don't necessarily think about is their digital carbon footprint. Um, and so digital carbon footprints actually are things like, you know, your emails and your sent items just loading up you know with big files attached to them or your deleted items just sitting you know loading up and you haven't deleted anything from your deleted items and it, they all sit on a server somewhere and um, your website if your website's got big videos on it and massive images all those types of things contribute to carbon footprint which Actually, percentage-wise, and um, you would be very surprised if you went and did a, um, a sort of looky look see at the carbon footprint of your website. Um, now you can do that, and you and it does kind of indicate where um, you could be better and where you could cut down. Um, but if you're talking about um, like actually communicating the sustainability uh, plans. Um, and uh, the story of an organization, that's something different. Um, and I think that it starts um, for me definitely with organizational values, organizational objectives, and then definitely stakeholders, because values have to align. Um, and if you don't know what your stakeholders need, value, or require, and that includes investors, it includes the media, it includes your internal stakeholders as well, then actually you, you're not going to be in alignment and you're not actually going to be fulfilling needs. And therefore, what is the purpose of what you're actually doing in the first place? So... Um, Sustainability is um, much more about, and, and actually communication, the, the the strategic role of communication is much more about looking at the organizational goals. Um, as I said, the values and trying to understand uh, what the organization actually does and acts um, and see how that fits together. I suppose that's probably the best way of saying it, because you mentioned greenwashing. Greenwashing is generally misinformation, disinformation, or it is um, it's actually an action that is contrary to what the the organization is saying or doing rather. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to consider in that. There's a lot to unpack in it. And it's a massive conversation um but there's lots of different ways we can go about making it very clear what is sustainability what is communicating sustainability and what is um sustainable communication
0: yeah do you get nervous to talk going back to greenwashing i guess do you get nervous when uh, organizations start talking about being eco-friendly and uh any other kind of buzz term that's um that's popular in the uh, in in the public discourse nowadays do you, do you do you kind of kind of want to look beyond that and see see what whether whether what they're communicating is actually um yeah kind of um robust or do you you know because that's kind of one of the telltale signs is just kind of labeling bits and pieces nowadays and just kind of looking around uh, obviously with your work uh, in the pub- fundamentally in the public relations area uh, do do work with clients heavily on messaging and uh, on around making sure that they're not miscommunicating in that way
2: oh 100% i mean i pride myself on integrity and ethics um you know if i if a client was to approach me with what they thought was some sort of amazing sustainability um action or initiative that they had and you know the first thing you need to do as a, as a communicator is to actually have the evidence that What they're doing is um, environmentally friendly, is carbon neutral or reducing carbon, um, or whatever they're claiming. You have to have the data to back that up. And it's just like crisis communication you're never going to write a statement that says, you know, this happened and that happened, and this happened as a result, if you haven't got that information. You have to go way, way, way beyond this thinking of communication merely as writing words it is so so much more than that um, and you know our responsibility as public relations practitioners communicators strategic business advisors is that we have to um, we have to look at the scenario of if this then that we have to um, get the data we have to you know match that up with stakeholders as we were talking about um, and we have to be convinced before we communicate anything that actually what they're saying is right. And that if it was to stand up in a court of law or if it was to be audited in any way, shape or form, that we we would be very satisfied that we've done all we can to make sure that that is the case. So, um, you know, working with um, organisations who do greenwash or who say one thing and do another, um, That's not my place. That's not where I would work. I would not choose to work with an organisation like that. And I think that the the industry has to really step up and be more brave at pushing back and offering alternatives, because it's not just a, a, a clear state of saying no. Actually, what we should be doing is saying, look, no, that's not right. That's unethical. But here's the alternative. Here's how we could go about doing it. First of all, get your act together and start doing what you say you're going to do. Secondly, let's get the data together to demonstrate we can do that over whatever period of time. And then thirdly, let's get the message together around what you were doing before, how that has changed, how that's going to impact people, organizations, society, the planet, etc. And then we can move forward with it. But there is no silver bullet. There is no short term view on this. Yes, there will be some quick wins, but this has to be a much longer term view about um, changing um, issues, changing processes, changing mindsets, changing behaviour. And that does not happen overnight, as I think we all know. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And um, so when we are talking about uh, sustainable business communication practices, so how far beyond um, CSR are we talking here?
2: I mean, to be honest with you, like the term CSR, you know, the, the term ESG, they don't—they're terms. Um, the that people band about because they like to use terms. They like to shorten things. It comes back to fundamentals of what an organisation or business sets out to achieve. If that is to have good governance and to you know have good impact on society, um, and you know the environment as well, then that has to consider all those different elements and you know the un sustainable development goals are the perfect example there's 17 exam uh, 17 goals but within that there um, are 169 actions against those goals now don't get me wrong not every single goal will be relevant to every single business and um, from a finance perspective resource perspective there will also be opportunities to phase that in and that short to long-term um approach and strategy but these are the sorts of things that we need to be looking at and they've been developed for a reason so therefore why would we go and reinvent the wheel i think we need to look at things as um they have to be integrated across the organization as well not just something like csr was always considered just an add-on you know to support a wee charity or you know raise some money from a bake sale and throw it into you know some local group that could do with some funding this has to be fundamentally changing and transforming organizations for the better and um, for the future and thinking of the here and the now, but also the future generation.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, what advice would you have for internal and probably external, even more so, but inter- uh, internal communicators obviously is our, is our bag uh, simply. So what would you say to them? Cause the obvious thing that usually happens is Exco uh, get the pen out and say we don't want to be you know they kind of change the messaging to to suit the needs and certainly a press release is quite rare for a business to go out and say all the 10 things that they're not doing well enough um, maybe in such a, a transparent manner so how do you how, how do you kind of get exco and uh, or whatever whenever you want to call them C-suite employees the ceo whomever um, to um to to kind of um, yeah get, kind of understand that the importance of the rhetoric um, and being honest and transparent is is critical to, to your own, to your people.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've I've got direct experience working in internal communication and and against you know some traditional um, traditional Word. C-suite types who don't have that type of mindset. But what you have to do, the same as anything in, you know, business development sense or making a business case, talk in their language. If we can demonstrate facts, figures and data um, for improving things, long term savings, long term goals, long term retention of staff, we have to make it relevant to um, to what the C-suite challenges are. So if that is, as most people have that challenge right now, is talent attraction and retention then actually talent attraction retention is is integrated within the SDGs and actually is a massive part of um, an organisation. And that, you know, the the internal workings of the organisation are absolutely fundamental to make this happen and actually are often the last to be thought about which is kind of where my whole new approach came from and where a lot of my thinking came from in the framework that I introduced uh, and launched um, when when the business relaunched. Because the integration of sustainability in an organization, um, once you've got that buy-in, is is the most important part because then you're taking everyone along on the journey. And the 2030 agenda says... No one will be left behind. Everyone should be coming along on that journey. And that's our responsibility as communicators, as the people who make the the, the aura happen, the perceptions, the reputation, the relationships, all of those things. That is our responsibility. But I have to highlight that collaboration is a huge and fundamental part of the success of sustainability Um, strategies because of the integration aspect of it but also because it makes everyone work together it brings everyone together it makes people have that common goal um, and it also makes people see the changes that are happening um, and benefit from them at the same time as well And, and lastly it makes things happen quicker if you're collaborating with people it means you're not missing things out or dropping balls collaboration is absolutely fundamental here
0: We're going to move on to collaboration with employees now, eh, shall we?
1: Yes. So um, in terms of uh, sustainability and and green groups, um, how important is it that you include them in your initiatives and really, like, get their buy-in?
2: Externally or internally?
0: Internally.
2: Internally. Internally. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, some organisations will have... um, green groups set up depending on their size obviously and scale uh, some won't Um, some will maybe just have a, a consultant who will be brought in to be the sustainability consultant or something like that but i think this demonstrates once again that the role of internal communication and you know the, the role of communication in general is fundamental because we have that 360 degree view well, we should have that 360 degree view of an organization and its workings and its people and its groups. And getting those people to work with us, um, getting those people to feedback and be and be part of developing the solution um, when they've got passion for it, when they've got drive for it, when they've got experience of it. And also when they can be, and I like to refer to myself a lot as the critical friend it's really important because not everything's always going to be right. A lot, none of us know that none of us know how this all works. You know, this is, this is new, but we, in terms of innovation and transformation, we have to try things and we have to learn from them. And then we have to try again. And that's when these types of groups are really great because they already have some learnings and they have experience, they have passion um, and that's when they can feed into the whole, the whole process. And again, that collaborative piece is really essential to make this work.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, 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 yeah. Thanks, that Laura. Um, do you have any particular examples, either um, in your current um, uh, role at Aura or um, previously when you were working in corporations, of, um, of of businesses that have worked really well on their su- sustainability campaigns, or on the flip side, any horror stories for us?
2: The immediate one that that springs to mind as a really amazing example is actually one of my first experiences in sustainability and climate. So that's going back to 2009, where um, Scottish Leather Group, who are a global um, manufacturer of leather for cars, um, luxury cars and buses and rail and um, big airlines. Um they have actually just put out their most recent sustainability report. But when I was working with them, they developed the lowest carbon leather in the world, which meant that they not only were their processes highly sustainable, but actually when the finished product was made and fitted into say a plane, because it was so light, it actually reduced the weight of the plane, therefore it reduced the carbon footprint so there was there was real thought put into its its technology and um, it had its own loch so it used its own water and its water was then reused its steam was then used to dry the hides in the in the, the tanning process um, it built and 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 one reason that we kind of worked with them on a corporate level was it built the world's first leather industry thermal energy plant which took waste product and made it into energy um, which went back into um you know kind of back into the factory um, this as i said the steam was was used then to um, to dry um, then there was a byproduct which was then um, sent to the construction industry to make bricks um so they had you know, circular economy absolutely nailed um, but the, the 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 sort of the really great part was when we started to work with them um, it was it was through their subsidiary companies originally and then um, the group as a whole. And we started to work and look at their customers because they were you know, stakeholders, obviously. Um, and we started to look at what mattered to them and what mattered to their stakeholders, because that's the knock on effect, isn't it? Um, and the end result was amazing. Um, we did this thermal energy plant launch. We produced an animation of the whole process. Um, and then because we worked so closely with our customers like Volvo and and Jaguar Land Rover, Aston Martin, Airbus, et cetera. Um, we ended up getting, um, we built some great relationships, but we also ended up in their annual reports. And that for the client is a massive win, because if you're named in their annual report for your sustainability, you're kind of locked in there, aren't you? Um, so, so longer term, we, you know, we worked on, on those relationships and we made sure that we were continually in their minds and their thoughts and, and continuing to bring things to light to help explain why they were doing such a good job, why they were the forefront in, in what they were doing and leading the way a um, more localized example would be um, my client market Tours who are a small tourist business in Edinburgh and in Scotland and they um, they're great. I mean they have so much of the suite going on of you know and well-being for staff. They were so impressive through lockdown and how they looked after staff. I was super impressed. Um, they are living wage employers. um they, because it's a walking tour, they have very low carbon footprint um in terms of you know that the sort of transportation side of things and how they operate, um they recycle, et cetera, et cetera. But what I did was I kind of brought a lot of that together to tell the story as a whole. And um, and once we started to look at that and, and the impact that they were having socially um, in their local community, there were some projects that were going on that really we hadn't really spoken about before. And then we started to evolve them and the managing director had come to us and said, we've got this project um, basically we want a pay it forward scheme. We've been we've been given some funding for it to develop a digital tool what can we do? So I went away with a couple of other of the business partners and we went away and and researched and came back with a proposal. Um, Very long and short of it is that we developed this tool that customers, visitors, et cetera, who were buying their tours on a website were able then to pay it forward to this um, grass market community, it was called, a community organization, who looked after people who were very vulnerable, who were disconnected and who didn't feel like they were part of society and this paid forward scheme meant that there were some specific uh, tours that were developed for this community which were designed to reconnect them with their city reconnect them with society and make them feel like they were welcome and wanted and you know kind of like a warm hug like part of the family mm. and on launch month Um, and then the second month, the third month. Now, I think the stat is that there were something like 75 members of that community were able to go on five different tours. And the benefit of that has been this reconnection and affiliation to the city, but mentally, for their well-being, they actually feel like they're part of something. They're not outcasts anymore and they they have an opportunity and there is a future for them and something like that that pulls in the heartstrings really is like that is the impact you want to be able to have with your esg csr whatever you want to call it and needs to come back down to that maximum impact and what you're doing for people and planet
0: so so obviously with the last example there laura um uh you know that the actual customers are are living are kind of breathing with the values of of the business was that conscious of the business in the first instance or was it purely just to do the right thing in the first place
2: so the reason i got um contracted to work with this client was actually um in the first lockdown and it was to help them rocket out of lockdown when we were going to be ready to do that and we didn't obviously know when that was so true to form, one of the first things I do is I say, well, we have to temperature check where our stakeholders are, what they're thinking. And actually, probably just now is a good time to start asking them about what their values are now. Things have changed. You know, all, all businesses have an opportunity to transform and rethink their future. I called it Reimagine, Reengage and Reignite. And it was a program I developed so that people could really rethink these things and have an opportunity because that was the perfect time and this client market tours fully embraced the whole thing and we we went to town on the research and their, their their visitors are just so honest and and lovely that you know you got really straightforward feedback from them and they told you what they valued and when we analyzed it when we split it into sections it actually did match up with the values of the organisation. And Mm -hmm. so we were then able to put this um, plan together and strategy together, which maximised and underlined all those different elements that people valued of of the company, but to have that better social impact, to reinforce that and to give back to other people. Um, and that also then spread through the partners that we brought on board as well, because that was something that we said had to be fundamental in the partnership approach that we had and, and collaboration. So actually, you know, you look at their internal, their staff are fully on board with this. Their customers are fully on board with it. Their funders are on board with it for these these types of um sort of projects um, and equally their, you know, the impact that their their companies having now, they're being seen and are doing good and they can live up to that and they can, you know, it's like, you know, you can rest at night. You can actually go to bed and have a good sleep because you're doing some really good work there. Yeah.
1: Oh, And um, I've just seen on your uh, Twitter um, about your uh, synergy models for sustainable organisations.
2: Could you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, so part of when I was doing the my my own research for relaunching and redeveloping Aura into something that you know I talked to clients about meaning something and about standing something for, and for for giving back and for having impact. And I I took a hard look at my my own business and said, well, what am I doing that I can stand up for? And and how can I bring all my 25 years in business, 20 years in public relations and communication, 13 years in climate and sustainability, what can I offer? And it was a a helpful guide, a starting point and a simple solution to help businesses and organizations accelerate to a sustainable future. That's where it started. And once I started to look at the problem, because obviously, you know, two to form you always have to look at identifying the need. Um businesses and organisations did not know where to start. How many of these terms are banded about? How many um, projects, initiatives, like the 2030 Agenda, Net Zero, Race Zero, the Carbon Creative Collective, blah, 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 blah. there's so much stuff that is actually confusing. So people actually were sticking their head in the sand, or they were then starting to just jump on the bandwagon because they thought they had to do it or worse, as we touched on earlier, they started to greenwash. So my kind of thing was, well, I need to be able to help do this. And this is where my expertise lies. What can I do? I'm a really practical person. So I thought, right, I'm gonna make a framework because it will help me to work to it, but it will help people understand it. So it was based on um, four principles, but, but ended up being six points, six simple points. The first is clarity, clarifying, what you think sustainability is, where you're at in your journey, what your organizational goals are and what the heck you're doing. The second bit is educating. So, you know, once you've found all that out, you you have to educate other people about this. This is a journey we're on, we're expecting you to come with us. Part of that storytelling piece so that everyone starts to get it and starts to come on the journey. Then into the research phase. Who are your stakeholders? They will probably have changed. What do they care about? What channels do they use? Where on earth are they hanging out? What do they care about from other brands? What other brands are they buying into? And um, what's happening at home? What th- what's their health situation like at the moment? Because we have to make things really, really relevant to people, hyper-relevant to the extent that it's a it's a, almost a one-on-one conversation we're having. Um, Then you go into the audits. You have to audit all the channels, find out how they're being used, all the new faffy things that have gone on with algorithms and reels and shutting groups down and all the rest of it. What's what's happening in these platforms and what are the opportunities and what we're missing? Um, And then there's analysis of all that. What, What does it all mean? What does it mean? What's it telling you? Then going into strategy, taking the UN Sustainable Development Goals, plus all your learnings and your analysis and putting that together with your organizational goals and your communication goals, your people goals and everything like that together to make a strategy. But then you go back round again to clarity because you have to go and clarify with the C-suite. You have to clarify with management. Everyone's in the same page. Everyone's in agreement. Great, let's go back out and educate everyone again on this. Let's tell everyone what we're doing. Let's nail our flag to the mass. Let's tell everyone why we're doing it and let's commit to it. And then it goes back round because you have to conduct more research for benchmarking you didn't have to audit because things change and it goes round and round and round but the most important part is the nucleus in the middle and that's the impact the impact the organization is having the impact that your actions are taking the impact that the communication is having it it, it all goes together it all fits together and that's why it's called synergy because it's in alignment it's working with it's harmonious it's it's like an aura um, and it's it's a, it's a fairly understandable format to explain to people, which is good, because let's face it, there are people that have you know like me, one-person businesses, but there are also organisations out there that I can help that are you know got two, three, four thousand people in them, maybe even more than that, because it's the UN Sustainable Development Goals, and everyone has organisational goals, and everyone wants to transform. So it's about looking at that and, and making it applicable, replicable, scalable, et cetera. So that's that's the framework that um, that I think will, and, and has proven so far in two or three different clients to really make a difference. Um, and it's just about giving and showing that there's that opportunity to other people to start on that journey and to make a difference as well there is a place to start it's not difficult it's not too time consuming it's not too costly but we have to start somewhere and that is the main message stop procrastinating and start taking action
0: good line stop fascinating start taking action um 2 months ago Laurie, you um obviously you said on world environmental day you you homed in on your expertise around sustainability um since then uh, how, how have you found it and what's next in the pipeline
2: how have i found it um not expecting what i have i've i've yeah i i suppose i didn't know what to expect um you know coming from being a fairly sort of generalist practitioner to focusing on stakeholder relations in the last number of years to now having this it's laser focused stuff but laser focus i think will drive better results um i've been doing one-to-one demonstrations with people on the framework the synergy framework how it works how it can help people i've been networking with um other amazing people in sustainability and climate change through sdg network scotland the better business um network um i'm accredited by good business charter charter as well and so i think that's really important to keep pushing with these um new networks of people because i learned so much i'm still learning and um, i don't think i'll ever stop learning So cpd is a massive thing um but i think what's next in the pipeline um i've got a holiday coming up um which is much needed i have to say um and i'm hoping that come sort of autumn winter people are really starting to understand the positive opportunity and um, not the scaremongering, not the, um, all the, the negativity that flies around, but actually realizing that change doesn't mean something bad, it actually means and can mean something really positive. Um, um, and I know that internally like you know there's quite often battles with change projects but I mean there's examples I can give to people of situations I've been in in recent times where people have been absolutely flabbergasted that the the communication consultant has been the one to join all the dots or has been the one to save the money because the communication consultant knows what goes on in the rest of the business in the organization and um, and that's the that's the key thing is that you know my role is now much more on the communication and business advisory and not just on what people perceive to be communication. And that's the written message, because we've got much more of a responsibility to businesses and organisations to help them lead, to help them make decisions based on those values and to help um, using things like the UN Sustainable Development Goals to, to form those strategies and to push forward. Um, you know, there's 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 obviously things like um like B Corp out there, which, you know, I hope people start going for. It is a a process, it's it can be costly, um, but it does then de- demonstrate that your credentials, um, and that's important too, so that you can start to talk about what you've achieved and not just what you're going to achieve. Um, but yeah, there's there's lots of work to be done, so much work to be done. And I'm just happy to be able to talk to people about the positive opportunity that lies ahead. Um, I'm naturally a positive person, in case you haven't (laughs) realised. But I really do think that within, and my term has always been where there are challenges, there are opportunities. And it's about that mindset of taking those challenges, taking them by the horns, dealing with them and making them something that they weren't before um and yeah I hope I to, hope to be doing that with lots of businesses and organizations with as little or as much input as people need that's that's the sort of the end shot I suppose <laughs> fabulous
1: and um we noticed that you've also got a podcast can you tell us a little bit about that and what are the
2: areas that you look at yeah uh, so I started the podcast a couple of years ago um mainly focusing at that point in time on again looking at challenges in business and how people have overcome them because i believe that sharing is a way for other people to learn so learning from other people's experiences whether it's good bad or indifferent is really important and so i invited people on like um, my boxing trainer and um, she talked about overcoming many challenges when she was younger and um, about um lots of different things financially how she set up the business with her and her husband and where they're at now and it's I want it to inspire people um there are people on there we've that I've talked to um, some really great examples around public relations and communication as well um like um, Advita Patel came on and we were talking about diversity and inclusion and belonging and how she started off in her journey and If I can give other, and I I suppose until recently, I just gave other people the platform because that was kind of what I thought I could do for other people to give them a voice. But more recently, I've started to introduce more around um, like my own business practices and my own thinking around things because actually I realized that over the last 20 years in public relations and communication, part of my challenge was that Although I was seen, I had a profile and I I wore hats and CIPR, PRCA, PRFest and everything, people didn't actually know what I did. So how on earth could I expect them to approach me to speak at an event or to help um, do training or something like that if they didn't know what I did? So part of this just now um, and the relaunch has been to explain you know my sort of my credentials my history my pedigree um and also to um to use this podcast which i don't think i mentioned the name it's people by people um and as it says it's all about those sort of relationships and um hopefully the relationships i've had with people on the podcast will come over really positively in terms of being able to extract really good information out of them so that it helps other people
0: (laughs) That's about it from our side as well.
2: Thank you ever so much for
1: being part of our podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I've loved it. Thank you so much.